Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Sydney Cricket Ground has seen amazing scenes. And I suppose, actually, the simplest thing to say after that dramatic final day when England clung on the last pair, hanging on for those last 12 balls. And how many times have we seen this kind of thing in the ashes as well over the history? But uh, the, the best thing to say about it, Simon, is England are unbeaten in 2022. Well, that's one way of looking at it, isn't it? Uh, a bizarre day in a way because there were times uh, during this day when England looked, looked quite comfortable actually the pitch it, it didn't play as many tricks as I think perhaps we feared it, it would do uh, later in the game and there was a, a period when Stokes and Root were batting together and you thought England are going to save this game no trouble at all and then Root got out and then they, they sort of lost wickets at, at crucial times Australia just chipped away and ultimately England managed to just, just cling on Jimmy Anderson going out there the last two overs, your mind goes back to the Sri Lanka Test match in 2014, where he had to try and survive the final over at Headingley, and he was dismissed from the penultimate ball. I wonder whether that went through his head. But it, you know, it was it was exciting, it was nail biting, and it means that England have got four World Test Championship points. So after that, and also they're not going to be whitewashed in the series. I mean, the bottom line is Australia have been dominant, and they dominated this game again. Of course, they did. Uh, but for England, just something to take away. I think Joe Root reflected that. You know, there was relief and, you know, a sense of pride, actually, in the fact that England did really uh, compete with Australia in this Test match. And I don't think they have done so far in this series, not really in the first three games. They were, they were just brushed aside. But in this game, at least they competed. The beautiful thing about a, a scene like this is, well, the scene like that we've just seen, is, is that you've got two tail-end batsmen, the... Trojans of England's bowling attack for the last 10, 15 years, Stuart Broad and, and Jimmy Anderson, one of whom actually is, is a decent batsman who's lost his mojo with the bat, pretty much, and the other who is a, you know pretty much a genuine number 11. And 
they are expected as basic batting novices to fend off the bowling and save England's pride for, for 12 balls. You know, it's, it's no other sport has, you know, posts or, you know, pitches the novice against the, the world-class operator in this way. And, and yet so much is at stake. And, you know, tail-end batting, and, you know, it's bad enough being not a very good batsman, knowing if you make one mistake, you're out. But knowing that if you make one mistake, the whole team's finished, that's the end of the match and you've lost, and there is that just little chink of hope that you can survive, it, it's just the worst feeling. And actually, as Joe Root said after the game, you know, it's, it's even worse watching. You, you know, you actually want to be out there doing it rather than rather than being uh, being in the dressing room where you're completely powerless. But, you know, tremendous credit to, well, Jack Leach, Broad and Anderson uh, for all of those uh, commitments that they show, dedication, the, 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 uh, the stress that you go through experiencing that kind of uh, demand. And, uh, and the fact that they came out on top, um, you know, just speaks volumes for their character. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about Stuart Broad, of course, in the first innings, he was swishing and swiping and slogging. And we thought, well, how is he going to play? But actually, you know, he, because you've got the finishing line in sight uh, when, when he came into bat, you know, you've got something to play for. And he actually really knuckled down and sort of played in the way that we came to associate with his batting so early on in his, his test match career. Of course, you know, he's, he's not the, the player he was then because he's been through one or two problems and, you know, I don't know, as time goes on, you probably concentrate more on your bowling than your batting. But you know, he he really knuckled down to it and showed you know real stubbornness, a real fight, and there was just a little punch of the glove at the end. It was interesting. How, you know, how do you celebrate a nine down draw when you're three 0 down in the ashes? You you can't celebrate as Australia celebrated in 2005 at, at Old Trafford or as England celebrated in 2009 at Cardiff. You just can't because the the series is has gone. But there, I think that you can get a deep sense of satisfaction in just resisting, especially because this tour has gone so badly for them. And you, know, you could say, well, do, does it really matter? I think, yes, it does. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's going to be remembered as a, a, a very disappointing tour. But to, to, show, but to show that fight on the last day, then, yeah, that, there's, something really, there's something significant about that. You, you can take something. I think Joe Root, what did he say afterwards? It was a small step forward. Yeah, it's it's more than that actually. I mean, it, it what they've done is they've staved off total ignominy. You know, there are three England sides who've been whitewashed five nil, and they are not now going to be a fourth. And it's a really important thing that, and actually also it's important that it's not the final test in a way, because firstly they've shown that after three tests they can still show some fight and and commitment and dedication and and ability. And also, it gives them the, the scope now to build on that for, for the final test and even maybe get a win. You know, there, 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 is, there are a, a, a bigger gaps than uh, between the two sides than a draw suggests. But England, if they play better cricket, can compete more, you know, on parallel, more on level terms than, than they have shown in the first three test matches. We should pick out a few uh, performances, individual performances, I watched very closely Zach Crawley's uh, innings in the morning. Wow, you know, 70-odd out of 90 he made. And he just looked totally at home playing against this quality of attack. And uh, the, the key thing about that innings was that he 
as in the first innings, he looked to be positive, but he chose the right balls to hit this time. It's all about decision-making. He didn't try and drive the ball on the up. He didn't try and drive it if it was a bit wide or uh, you know, slightly a, a little bit of extra bounce around off stump. He left the ball really well. But he, he also put away uh, shots that he plays well. The the drive through mid-on, the drive straight back, back past the bowler, some excellent pull shots. You know, he put the pressure back on the bowlers without playing, you know, reckless shots. And that, that was really impressive. And the timing and the composure, actually, um, both highly impressive. Yeah, I mean, this was the Zach Crawler that sort of people were hoping to see, I think, in Australia. I mean, he, he came here with uh, the England management feeling that his game was suited uh, to playing in Australia. And I think today we saw that. I mean, one of the, you know, I mean, it's a big problem for all batters, isn't it? So if you, if you can't keep out the good balls early on, then it's, you, you're almost wasting your time. But he found a way to do that. He survived overnight, but he resumed on 22 not out. And the, the, the purity of his stroke play uh, today, it was, it was really something to behold. I and mean, I think a lot of the Australian sort of pundits here are really impressed and say, yeah, this guy is a, is a proper player, but he hasn't been able to show it, not for a long time. There was that innings in, in Ahmedabad in the third test match where he made 50 and then out, and he was stroking the ball and hitting the ball cleanly there. And he was able to recreate that today. It was, it was a, I think, hugely frustrating the way he was got out. Cameron Green bowling a very full ball, hitting him on the boot and, and trapping him LBW. He looked actually nailed on for 100. It was, it was actually, think about it, it was the most fluent innings on either side in this series. There's been a lot of gritty batting in this series. You think of Labashane and Smith and Kawaja. But Crawley today hit it as well as any, any other batter in this series. And I think that's the sort of tantalising thing as far as England are concerned and Crawley's concerned. Uh, for, for the future, can he reproduce that? We've seen it in that innings in Southampton, uh, but he doesn't just want to focus on that. There needs to be a great body of evidence, just that innings in Southampton. We saw it a little bit in Ahmedabad, but today, against this attack in a pressure situation, we saw much more of it. And I think, you know, if, if you think back to this day, yeah, England surviving nine down, but also one thing they can take out of it, I think, was Zach Crawley's innings today. And does that promise more for the future? Well, he has, obviously has to deliver now. Yeah, no, and and I guess it, I guess what it says really is that uh, you know there's clear ability there, but at times there's poor judgment in previous test matches, and just it, it I think to me it amplifies the the gap between domestic cricket and good test cricket, top test cricket, because he just he was naive uh, a lot of times in the way he's got out in in test matches, and he hasn't learned to to be really d- disciplined and make really good judgments um, in test cricket uh, because of the, the, the sort of fairly average standard of, of, of county cricket. So Crawley, excellent. Uh, ben Stokes and uh, Johnny Bairstow, uh, as you would expect, totally dedicated to the cause, staving off their injuries and defying Australia for, for a very long time. Um, I would have certainly got out of the dressing room when Stokes arrived back in it. Having just bunted Nathan Lyon back over mid-off, he then really got got out rather tamely, actually steering the the ball to Steve Smith at first slip and was absolutely furious with himself. Bairstow, I mean, a tremendous test match for him and that will just give him so much confidence that he's contributed and that England haven't lost as well. So he's contributed in in a positive way uh, to to an outcome. And... I mean, a bit unlucky that he got out, really. I mean, the sort of inside edge on the pad caught at the, the nearest, the silliest of silly points. 
so you know very unlucky sort of end for him and I, I suppose the other one I just pick out the other moment I pick out was um that tremendous over by Pat Cummins which was yeah. you know almost like a, a, as good as the Flintoff over in Edgbaston in 2005 where he dismissed both Langer and Ponting and uh, it, it was dramatic with the new ball swinging the ball late a brilliant delivery to Joss Butler who'd again been nobly courageously defiant for you know 45 minutes uh, even though he'd had a broken finger and and then that brilliant in-swinger to him and then two balls later an absolute a whacker Eunice delivery to mm. Mark Wood late in-swing hit him on the toe we used to call we talk about being whackered in uh, in county cricket when whacker Eunice was in his pomp with those big Sorry, and uh, it, it, you know, Mark Wood trapped LBW second ball, brilliant, opened the door, but somehow Leach, Broad, and uh, and Anderson managed to keep the jaw from fully opening, which was tremendous. Yeah, it, it was a great over by uh, Cummins. I, lo I love Wood's reaction actually because he was persuaded by the non-striker at Bearstow to review it, and he as the review process was going, he looked up at the big screen just saw the replay and just began to walk off. He didn't, he didn't even bother for the technology because he knew he was out. So by the time that actually, you know, it all came up, all the, all the red lights, he was, he was halfway back. He's a bowler. He knows, he knows when a batter was out at LBW. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ben Stokes and, and Bairstow battling away with injuries and Butler today. I mean, the news on them is that uh, Butler is coming home. He's got a bad break on his, his left hand. So that's the end of, uh, Josh Butler's tour, so England will need a new wicketkeeper. Uh, Johnny Best obviously is, is, is kept in the past, but he took a bang on the on the thumb, as we know, in this test match. That is going to be assessed, so they're going to go to uh, Tasmania and see what it's like. Uh, you know, about, what, five days before the uh, Hobart test match. And the same with Ben Stokes. And this is a strange one, really, because you think he was wincing throughout the game with his, his side strain. You'd think it'd be a huge risk to play him in Hobart, especially with the Ashes gone. You could sort of understand it, you know, if the Ashes was, was still alive. But to, to play him if the Ashes are gone, but you, you know what he's like. You know, you, you missed out last time, desperate to be here. But it might be one of those where, you know, when they get closer to the game, they have a look at the scans or whatever. They'll say, no, it's, it's just not worth the risk. But he did play beautifully in this test match. He really did with the bat. And you're right, it was a, it was a soft dismissal, but uh, a, a couple of half centuries for, for Ben Stoke. And back, back to sort of the fluent best, sort of mm. the quality of, of yeah, that. Yeah, he found a flow, didn't come... he? Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, I think it's going to be hard to talk either Stokes or Bairstow out of playing in this test match because, in the next test match, I mean, because they, they found some some flow and some confidence and you don't want to sacrifice that. You don't want to then sit on the sidelines for however long, you know, a month or something and let these injuries recover. You want to keep going while, while the, you know, the, the, the book while you're you're in that kind of rhythm and and confidence um so obviously it will depend how serious the injuries are but if i was johnny best i'd be just strapping that thumb very tightly yeah. to the rest of his hand and obviously it's going to be slightly tricky fielding but god if i could I, for him i just think he's, he's made such a big stride there that i would love it if he could somehow get through that final test it would just be so good for his own and England's own sort of self-belief, really, to, to keep that number six spot for him. Yeah, it's the first time in his 80-match test career that he's batted for more than 100 balls in both innings. So, you know, yeah, it, it's something of a breakthrough. And he really did uh, guts it out 
in, in both innings, brilliant hundred in, in the first innings. But I mean, do you want to? I mean, do you want to risk it with a really damaged finger in the field? I remember, you know, remember Hamid on his first tour to India, damaging his, his finger. And they actually said, look, it's just not worth the risk. You, you, you shouldn't feel this. It, it's, it's too risky. You're, you know, he wanted to stay and play on. So, that, you know, there's that, you know, something that's happened in the past. They're going to have to make that judgment call. And, and, and I, don't know, it's, I can't see Ben Stokes playing in Hobart. I can't, I can't see the, the points. I can't see what they gain from it in terms of, the, you know, the, the long-term risk, the injury risk. But uh, mm. anyway, they're, they're both going, whereas Butler... Is, is coming home. What do England do at the top of the order? Uh, what do they do with Hamid, do you think? Uh, another single-figure score, so six single-figure scores in a row. Well, uh, actually, I thought Steve Harmison put it quite well on BT. He said he's dying in a hole when he's batting. And the trouble is he's just going nowhere. He, you know, he's trying to stay in. I thought actually today that his defence was better. He was letting the ball come to him more rather than pushing out at it. Ironically, he was then out to a ball which he sort of almost allowed to hit the edge and, and just carried to, to the keeper. It was a good, goodish ball. Again, you know, you've got to survive those, those good balls as test openers. He, he just looks a bit too sort of static, really. And... It, I would. I, I. It's very difficult to know. I, I don't know what, what 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 to say really. I mean, maybe Rory Burns has done some remedial work. Perhaps it's worth bringing him back. I think he. The thing is, he looks to score. You know, Rory Burns. He has got a, a funny method. If he could adapt his method a bit, adjust his method a bit, he's got the makings of being a, a quite a good test opener because he's got the shots and he. You know, he does keep the scoreboard moving. So. If he's made some technical adjustments and feels confident, I, I think I would look to to bring Burns back and open him with with Crawley. Tell me, um, tell me just about you know you're still at the ground. You 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 were in the in the commentary box during that sort of those final tense moments. What what was that like? Because it there wasn't many people in the crowd in a way, but the crowd obviously made quite a lot of noise. There was you could hear the uh, the talking, the chatting round the bat as well, because all the fielders were within a yard of the batsman. So the, the stump mics were picking up the atmosphere on the field as well. So what was it like kind of being being at the ground, being in the commentary box for those last few overs? Yeah, well, I actually, actually went out the commentary box and stood on the, the platform outside and listened to the crowd. They really, really were uh, getting involved. It wasn't a huge crowd. Some parts of the ground were, were closed today, but those people who were here really got involved with it. And, you know, the, the atmosphere, that everyone was cheering as Steve Smith was bowling that last ball. And then there was that huge sort of anti-climax with uh, Jimmy Anderson sort of blocking it out. Uh, what I would say is I, I don't think there was the same tension today as there would be if the Ashes were live. So, for example, if this if this were the first test, I mean, it really would have been a heart thumper, nail biter because the Ashes would still be live, or second test or third test. The fact that the Ashes had gone, it didn't quite have that same, uh, not not from a sort of spectator point of view, I think, or or, or commentator point of view. Uh, okay, there are there are World Test Championship points on offer, and England England have got four valuable points after you know really slim picking so far uh, against India. And Australia, so I think there was that thing. There was a sort of it wasn't quite as intense as old as Old Trafford back in two thousand and five or Cardiff in two thousand and nine. I think that, that's one thing you would say. But you know, there's it, always drama when you get to the last over, last couple of overs of a, of a test match, and the result is in doubt. You know, it's, it's why we watch the game. It's why we're we're so beguiled by it. I think. But yeah, I, 
so it's sort of like bittersweet a bit. You think if, if only this had happened in Adelaide, for example, if only they'd been able to manage to, to block it out in Adelaide, although they were they were asked to do a bit too much in, in Adelaide on that final day. The wonder of a five test match, the wonder of a five day test match and all those people who claim that we should reduce it to four, four days. Who, who were those idiots who, who, who said, oh, we've got to have four day tests. Oh, actually it was me. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, it does, it does add something so much when you can, when you haven't got the, the, the option, when you've got the option of three results, a, a win for either side or a draw, the draw sounds boring. The Americans all think, why, you know, why would you play for five days and the match is a draw, but they just have no idea about the tension and the responsibility and the drama of such a situation like this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is a weird one though when you you, know, you, you draw the game nine down because you, you basically England have been not totally outplayed in this game. Australia have cr controlled the match from very early on, so they 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 have held the whip hand throughout the game. Really, there was no serious prospect ever of England uh, winning this game. So I think you know it, it is so. It is for England it is a small step. It's not a huge step, but they did show. Uh, resilience and you know it, it obviously obviously it's better to draw the game than lose it but you could argue that it's perhaps just papering over the cracks a little bit of this tour um but i think the one thing england will take away from this game is is just that fighting spirit graham thought talked about it before the match you know this idea of you know getting out there and, and just showing some pride and you know fighting hard and, and england did that both in the first innings and the second innings you know, they counter-attacked best 100 stokes runs wood attacking batsmanship in that in that first innings and then you know the innings today of, of Crawley and Stokes and, and, and Bairstow Leach showing great resilience so yeah there's de de definitely something to to take out of the game the bottom line is Australia controlled the match and they were so close to winning it and I mean one one thing you could look back on is is Australia's declaration yesterday could they've got on with it a bit more could they've come out a bit earlier give themselves a bit more time uh, and you say mm -hmm. a five-day game of course the, one of the things about the five-day game is yeah, I mean, these days we generally don't need five days, but if there's weather involved, and there was at this match, we lost overall uh, around about 66 overs because of, of bad weather and, and to some extent slow over rates. So the players, you know, you can blame the players for that as well. Uh, so we had, you know, we had sort of four and a third days uh, test cricket. That was also significant in the outcome as well. But I wonder whether Australia will look back and say, you know, could we have got on with it a bit more yesterday? I mean, they were looking at Usman's. Usman Khawaja's 100. Having said that, he got on with it. There were passages of play in that final session yesterday when you think, come on, you know, you just just keep going. You, you might need these uh, overs tomorrow, especially with the weather forecast, which suggested it was going to take uh, some play out of the final day. As it happened, uh, we only lost seven overs, so England batted out 91 overs today. They weren't able to do it on a, a decent pitch of the oval against India at the back end of, of last summer, but they were able to, to do it today. Uh, just uh, thanks to that that staunch resistance right at the end, uh, su you know, superb from Leach and, and Broad and, and Jimmy Anderson. I mean, Anderson probably relieved he didn't have to face Stark or Cummins roaring in in, in poor light, uh, and it was the poor light actually that that saved them in a way because it meant they had to bowl Smith for a couple of overs. But uh, Smith 
if, if you had to, to choose one bowler to face, probably right at the end there, it, to bowl the last over, it would have been Steve Smith. Especially the last ball, which was almost a double bouncer. It was so short, actually. So it was a slightly anti-climax, really, that last ball. But oh, I, there's one little tiny other point. Um, of course, England came into this test match with three coaches in isolation in Melbourne, and so very much down on their support staff. So all the other members of the team and the squad and other support staff had to to muck in. It, it just shows, you know, with some collective spirit and everybody kind of getting involved and they've got a, a result, a, a decent outcome out of it. So maybe we don't need all those coaches and support staff. Maybe players can just get wheeled the dog thrower more often for each other, you know, which is what it always used to be like. Anyway, it, the... Today, we said yesterday who was going to be an Ashes hero uh, at the end of the day, the final day of Sydney. Every England player was an Ashes hero today. Uh, they all tried their utmost and they got uh, an excellent result out of it, which at least means that England now can't lose this series 5-0. And that's a, a tremendous achievement. It might even turn out that our predictions at the start, 3-1, come true. It did actually cross my mind in the closing overs there, you know, as England were, were battling away. If they if they saved the match, yeah, 3-0, both of us said at the start of the series, 3-1. I have to say, you, you, you'd still back Australia to win 4-0 if there is good, decent weather in, in Hobart. Uh, Day-night match starting bizarrely at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so really late-night finishes. It might be quite cold down there in Hobart. I'm interested to see what the pink ball does on, you know, in those sort of conditions. Uh, perhaps it does give England a chance, and England might have to completely refigure their side, their batting. They might reconfigure their bowling uh, as well. But, yeah, the 3-1 is still on, Yoz. Well, listen, we'll let you go because um, it's, it's late and you've um, done a lot of work for everybody over the last uh, few days. So go and have a nice couple of days rest and hopefully actually enjoy a bit of Hobart as well, Tasmania, because it's the first ever for an Ashes Test match played in Tasmania. An exciting prospect, actually, and, and great for... For the for the area of Tasmania too, so something to really look forward to. Well done to England, and well done particularly to Jimmy and and Brody at the end there. What was a valiant effort, and we can at least drink our morning coffees with a bit more pride today. So well done to England, and we'll be back for every day of the Hobart Test match next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.